All right, what is up, Crip Nation? Bryson Pizza Mind here, per usual, coming at you from San Diego. Uh, today we're joined by a super legend uh, in the finance world of crypto. His name is Matthew Finlayson. He's from Invictus Capital, and he's been you know, pioneering tokenized investment funds. So before we bring Matt onto the show, we want to let you guys know that everything, literally everything we do, is made possible by our lovely sponsor, eToro. I'm actually comfortable saying that the guys over at eToro are the smartest guys in the room when it comes to financing crypto. I friggin' agree, dude. These guys are nuts. eToro is an exchange with regulated on-ramps and off-ramps to the dollar and most other major currencies. It's a place where you can buy and sell crypto with confidence. Yeah, eToro has built out an awesome suite of trading tools and technical indicators for the more advanced guys and gals out there. Everything is super low latency and highly secure. Pete, why don't you tell them about the other really cool tools they have? They have a really easy way of buying. It's literally just two clicks and you can buy stuff. Super great platform to use. But in addition, they also have this uh, virtual simulator where you can play with $100,000 of virtual money while you learn. So if you're really nervous about getting involved, like don't be this is the place to be. eToro has been around since 2007, so you don't have to worry about them, you know, disappearing anytime soon. They've offered crypto assets since 2013, and they have 10 million users spread across 140 countries. Like, what more do you want? Yeah, that's like just about as as many users as any crypto company like in the world. So uh, jump on board with that, guys. These cats are the real deal, Crypt Nation. Not all platforms are created equal. So go to crypto101podcast.com slash eToro, sign up, and see the difference for yourself. You know, don't take our word for it. Send us a DM on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And without further ado, Matthew Felaysen, welcome to the show. Matthew, welcome. Hey guys, yeah, nice to meet you. Great to be here. Awesome. We're super stoked to get into uh, all sorts of things about asset management and tokenized crypto funds and algorithmic trading, all sorts of fun stuff. But before we jump into that, let's get to know you, man. You know, what's your background and what drew you to the crypto industry in the first place? Sure. Yeah. So um, I actually studied uh, robotics engineering oh, wow. a couple of years ago and basically straight out of university went into founding Invictus with a couple of friends. And what drew me into crypto in the first place was really by chance, you know, someone explained to me how Bitcoin works. And I, I really like, grasped the concept from the get go and spent a huge amount of time after that, just diving in and learning. Um, and the continuation of my interest kind of stemmed from how crypto is the intersection of multiple fields. So you've got people from like finance, crypto, game theory, or software engineering, economic backgrounds. Um, all of those kind of people are super interested in crypto. Um, so there's so many things that you can learn, you know, in diving down that rabbit hole. And that's really got what, what, what got me hooked. Um, so from that, then, you know, we very quickly moved on to, I very quickly moved on to thinking of how we can recreate finance like from first principles or from a tech background. Um, what would you do about traditional finance or asset management, um, given the nature of blockchain technology, there would be a huge improvement. Uh, and that was really like a, a culmination of my interest in finance previously, despite having studied engineering and my more software engineering side, you know, coming together. That's amazing, man. Sounds like a pretty unique combination. I don't, of all the people that we've interviewed here at Crypto 101, I don't think anybody's ever been a robotics guy. Has, have they? They didn't admit it anyway. <laughs> well, also, yeah, maybe they just didn't admit it. <laughs> well, so what is asset management? For those of us that have maybe never heard the term or are not finance guys, what is asset management? Sure. So, yeah, asset management is just the general process by which funds are managed generally on behalf of someone else. So, you'll have asset management companies that manage the funds of their uh, retail investors, for example, or their institutional investors. Uh, and generally, they'll manage the funds 
in the form of a fund, which is a pooled collection of money uh, that then invests in some kind of you know, mandate. And it's a very simple concept, basically. If, you know, if someone gives you $1,000 and asks you to invest on their behalf, you're you know, technically their asset manager. So how does traditional asset management differ from crypto asset management? Do you guys custody all the assets or do you have another third party that uh, secures all everything? Sure. So, I mean, the premise of, of crypto versus traditional asset management, that like the, the concept is basically the same. Obviously, as you've mentioned, crypto introduces a few you know, interesting caveats, one of them being custody. The other ones being you know, bad actors in the space. User experience is generally more difficult for people to grasp and trading on exchanges uh, and the scams that come with that are, are big hurdles to most people getting into the crypto space. Um, so those are the kind of main differences. And for custody specifically, generally, you can go the self-custodied or third-party custody route. We kind of do a combination of both depending on what the fund strategies are. So for our latest uh, crypto index fund, we'll, start, we'll, we'll be using a, a custody solution like Ledger Vault or BitGo, which is a completely independent third-party to custody assets. Whereas for, you know, for example, more traditional venture capital or a margin lending fund, either of those funds have to be on exchange, in which case you rely on the exchange's custody solution. Uh, or you self-custody and you have your own internal procedure set up with you know, two-person access to a vault. And you know, the same as what a traditional bank would have uh, to access their reserves. That's amazing, man. So like, tell me a little bit about the high-level mission for Invictus Capital. Um, and you, know, you guys are tokenizing funds. So, so what is a tokenized yeah. fund and what problems are you guys trying to solve with that? Sure. So... Basically, on a high level, we're trying to solve a lot of the problems that plague traditional asset management. And some of the very you know, prominent ones are a huge amount of intermediaries, you know, very slow execution for investors, a high cost in managing assets. And it also excludes a lot of, a lot of retail investors. And on top of that, investors have, have very little transparency uh, in how funds are managed. And they have very little transparency um, in the investment and redemption flow. So what we're aiming to be is uh, specifically an alternative investment platform where we can launch many different kinds of funds. And we can speak a bit about that later, uh, both crypto funds and traditional funds and VC funds as an example. Um, and using our blockchain-based asset management platform, we can do that in a way that's hugely beneficial to both us, the asset managers, um, as well as to our investors who have benefits of security and transparency and you know, high cost and deep liquidity, those kind of things don't exist a lot of the time in the traditional space. And specifically, the kind of funds that you can launch if you tokenize them uh, are pretty novel and you know, previously not possible. So to, to dive into what a tokenized fund is, um, simply put, a tokenized fund is a fund where an investor's share of the fund is represented by a blockchain token, right? Um, and what this means is that uh, the funds that you've raised are able to be collected from around the world and investors from around the world because it's a blockchain-based token are able to gain access to asset classes or investment products that they previously would be unable to gain access to. And a good example of this is our Hyperion Venture Capital Fund, which aims to invest in early-stage blockchain projects. Um, Previously, without going the route of tokenization, without using a blockchain-based asset management platform, it would basically be impossible for a retail investor to gain exposure to a venture capital fund. Um, you'd have to have incredibly high net worth or be an institution or have close relationships with VC funds in order to get exposure to that asset class from the get-go. And once you do, you're generally locked in for seven plus years and you have zero liquidity. So all of those problems go away when you tokenize a fund. Uh, you can enter and exit the fund at will 
because there's liquidity. And you know, as a retail investor, you're able to gain access to this fund with more transparency and security than what you'd be able to get in the traditional space. So that's a very quick round down of uh, you know, what we're aiming to do, what our asset platform uh, aims to solve, and, and one example of a type of fund that's tokenized that can be run on top of our platform. That's really fascinating. It sounds like tokenized funds is really changing life for uh, the everyman in being able to invest their money rather than just be stuck saving it or using a traditional bank investment. So what are some of the, tell us a little bit more about uh, the other funds you have besides the Hyperion fund. Is a difference in how they're traded or is it just the assets that they hold? Sure. So it's, it's mostly the, the fund rules, uh, which describe the kind of assets that they hold. So to give you more examples of the funds that we have, um, we, have we launched originally with, with Crypto20, which was the world's first tokenized crypto-only index fund. Um, following on from that index fund, our second index fund is called uh, Crypto10 Hedged, uh, both of which follow a, a passive rule set. So generally, when you have a fund constructive, it can be either uh, actively managed or passively managed. Uh, in active management, there are generally higher fees, and you have a group of people who are deciding actively what to invest, and they think Apple stock is going to go up. So Warren Buffett's a very good example of, a, of an active investor, an active manager. Um, the kind of funds we're big proponents of are passively managed funds. Uh, so there are two index funds which are an example of that. So we create a fund rule set similar to the S&P 500, which says you hold a basket of currencies and this is how you rebalance that basket or this is how you trade between new assets as they come into the top 10 uh, for the case of Crypto20. Um, and that rule set is fixed. And because of that, it's a very low cost kind of investment vehicle. So those are uh, tokenized index funds. We also have an actively managed uh, venture capital fund which invests, as I said, in early blockchain projects or early stage blockchain projects. Um, and then as other examples of funds we have launching on our platform, uh, we're looking to launch a, a margin lending fund, which uh, aims to lend out uh, dollar-based crypto or dollar-based stable coins rather uh, to get interest returns on crypto margin lending exchanges, uh, generally because those returns are you know, orders of magnitude higher than what you could get in the traditional, in, in the traditional space. Um, another example of the kind of funds uh, that we're looking to launch on our platform would be a tokenized property fund, where you could gain access to property development in Portugal, for example, um, just through holding a single token. And again, this is possible because you're able to syndicate investment from, say, 10,000 people around the world, maybe a few institutions, and that pooled money can then go towards a property development group who only deals with a single, a single investor being the fund itself. Um, and that's very unique because normally the way property development works is that you have to have very close relationships with the property developer, uh, or you need to be a corporate that's able to be locked in for a, a huge amount of time. Uh, there's essentially, at least currently, without tokenized funds, there's essentially no way for um, uh, average retail investor to get involved in property development uh, or exposure to that fund with, say, as little as a hundred or a thousand dollars. So these products are really geared towards like the democratization of investing. You know, when I first started hearing about Invictus Capital and tokenized funds, I thought, oh, well, you know, it's kind of the the same old, but for um, it's it's for the same old type of investors. But what it sounds like I'm hearing is that these are products that the average consumer could get involved with. These are products that you know retail guys with a thousand bucks that just want to. Uh, you know, maybe buy a, a sure. piece of property uh, or a piece of a piece of property, right? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Correct. As an example fund that could launch and there's, 
there's really no limit to what you could eventually tokenize as a fund. Um, to, to, to speak to your point directly, though, uh, I'd say that we, we target, um, I'd say that our solution solves the problem for two people or two kinds of people, right? So one would be the retail investor who currently doesn't have access to a lot of different types of products, um, especially people in countries like Venezuela, where their infrastructure, especially their financial infrastructure is failing. They can get access to a blockchain-based fund because it's truly global. Um, and the second group of people that this is solving problems for is the asset managers themselves, right? And they benefit from having retail investors become on board. And again, this is only possible through the use of blockchain tech because it costs so little to onboard people. And through the use of smart contracts, which represent an ownership share in a fund, um, there, there are basically zero ongoing costs uh, to manage an investor's uh, share of the fund itself. And when you compare that to traditional asset management, you normally have teams of people, hundreds of people in large organizations that are just processing investments and redemptions from the fund. Um, all of that is completely removed when you use a blockchain token because the entire process is automated and visible to anyone on the blockchain. Tokenized funds really sound like the wave of the future. I know uh, there's some difficulty right now trying to get uh, these different tokenized fund uh, shares onto exchanges. We're waiting for uh, an ATS to be built, especially here in the United States. Are there any other current exchanges where these type of assets can be traded or do you have to uh, exchange them internally? What are some of the struggles that you guys are facing right now? Sure. So it's, it's not a prerequisite, before I answer, it's not a prerequisite that uh, these kinds of funds be traded on exchanges for, for the product to be viable. Um, and the reason I say that specifically in the way that we construct our funds is that, you know, as the fund manager, we provide instantly. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have. And it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success liquidity to anyone looking to exit their position of the fund. So you can interact directly with our smart contract and say, hey, I want to redeem my 10,000 C10 tokens. And in return, I will get the dollar value of my proportional share of the underlying assets. So we don't require any secondary market for, for people to exit their kind of position. Um, so there's buybacks right on smart contract on demand? Yes. At whatever the prevailing wow. value of the, of the fund is. Which is, That's incredible. Yeah, which is very interesting if you compare it to how traditional finance works because you would have to put in a request. It would have to be manually approved. Uh, it can generally take between two and five business days for that to happen. And your liquidity isn't, isn't easily coming. And you as an investor have no insight into how that process works. Uh, whereas with our funds, not only for the benefit of the asset manager is that entire process automated and costs basically nothing to administer. Um, for the investor themselves, they can get liquidity within one hour um, and they're initiating that access, that, that action, which is completely transparent and anyone can see the float of liquidity available on our smart contracts uh, that's available for people to redeem. So that's kind of a key thing that a lot of blockchain-based funds are missing at the moment and it's something where we aim to differentiate ourselves uh, and it essentially solves the exchange listing problem uh, for our investors. That's amazing. Do you see uh, or foresee any solid ATSs coming out here in the future for security tokens? Maybe it's not necessarily just fund tokens, but in general, um, you know, sure. all the regulation A plus things that are happening. I'm, you have more visibility into this you know, world than, than most people. Yeah. So the, the big problem at the moment is just that regulation is lagging behind what people are actually building. Um, and it becomes very interesting when you look at uh, decentralized finance applications. But from what I'm aware, there are a lot of jurisdictions, uh, specifically like Switzerland, Mauritius, uh, Malta comes to mind, uh, where they have very progressive crypto regulation, um, but it's just not been tried and tested yet. So regulators are still kind of on the back foot and saying, hey, we're not entirely comfortable with this entire new way of doing things. Um, And in my opinion, it's just a matter of time before people start seeing replicas of what exists in traditional finance, but basically just done better um, and done, you know, off of what blockchain enables. That's really amazing, man. So, so we've definitely talked about, uh, you know, how you guys are simplifying 
uh, crypto exposure. That that I think is all very clear now. So let's kind of dig in a little bit into what kind of technology you're you're using. Um, you know, it sounds like perhaps you guys might be using like Melon protocol, or you guys just sticking with Ethereum, or, or how are you guys actually building these tokenized funds? Sure. So the there are two core components, I guess, to our, our Perseus platform, as we're calling it, or the, the blockchain-based asset management platform. Um, one of them is a, an Ethereum smart contract, which is, yeah, which is integral to the entire operation of, of all of the funds that we launch. And the second component is, is a, a pretty standard uh, microservices architecture based on Google Cloud, and they link quite closely to each other. And what the output of both of these things is, like what you'd see as a user of our platform or as, a, as an investor, is an investor portal um, and an administration portal that would allow us as you know, fund managers to see the investments and inflows and outflows from the fund. So to speak specifically on the smart contracts, uh, everything that we've built has been based on Ethereum at this point in time, although there's no reason, there's nothing stopping us from moving to EOS or NEO or any other kind of smart contract enabled blockchain. And the general structure of our smart contracts is similar. We don't, we don't use, uh, at, at least yet, we don't use a framework like uh, Melonport or anything yet. All our smart contracts are, are custom built for the purpose of the fund. Um, and generally, they're all ERC-20 based uh, with the addition of that unique uh, liquidity functionality that I spoke about where you as an investor can redeem directly with a smart contract. Um, and the interesting thing about the smart contract component is that you can code any rule set into the smart contract, right? So the things that you can tokenize are completely, it's completely flexible. You can tokenize a property development or a venture capital fund or a, a top 10 index or a, a, you know, earning sharing between a company looking to raise equity as an example. Um, and once that has been coded into the smart contract itself, it basically governs the relationship between token holders uh, and the fund assets or and whatever the underlying fund it is. So in the case of our C10 fund, uh, what's coded into the smart contract is that you can always redeem as an investor for the actual asset value of whatever your investment is worth. And that, that is securely enforced and completely transparent in the smart contract itself. So anybody can independently verify that, oh, hey, this is how that fund works. And if there's liquidity on the smart contract, that means I will be able to exit my position. So the flexibility that we have in, in making the smart contracts and the fact that they're able to cater to all kinds of different tokenized funds for how the technology works, or how the platform works, rather. This all sounds so futuristic and incredible and cutting edge. I know you can't make any forward-looking statements, but what do you guys have planned for the future? Sure. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that it only makes sense that eventually all assets will be on the blockchain. And already you can buy... Uh, assets on the blockchain that are backed by gold or backed by real world shares. And as you've said, or as I've said, actually, regulators are, are catching up and everybody in the financial space is super interested in what blockchain can do to change how things are currently done. So what we kind of see as a future, um, and ideally we would be that asset management platform that enables this kind of transparency and super low cost that you know is not possible currently. Uh, in a future, you could totally imagine that uh, it's not necessary to audit financial companies because everything is transparently recorded on the blockchain. And the whole concept of having to trust the legal system or having to trust uh, an auditor or a regulator to enforce your interaction with the fund, hopefully all of that will fall away. Um, and retail investors or institutional investors, as investors themselves, will have all the power in their own hands. And they're able to see from the get-go you know, what kind of relationship they're getting into 
before they invest. Uh, whereas currently you don't, you don't really have that. I love that, man. I mean, so, so let's talk about like, is crypto being taken seriously in the world of high finance? I mean, you're, you know, from the London banking sector and, you know, you do a lot of banking in South Africa. So is this a sector that is still getting laughed at or what's your, you know, how do people interact with you when you talk about, Hey, I'm building a crypto fund? Sure. So I think the, the important distinction here to make is, is that of between blockchain versus, you know, crypto. And I think crypto probably unnecessarily has a larger, large amount of negative you know, connotations associated with it. Um, and it's important to point out that, you know, cryptocurrencies are just the first kind of thing that have been built on blockchain, on blockchain technology. So when we speak, when we speak to people as a blockchain development firm or as a, a company that has a blockchain asset management platform, I'd say that that is, you know, very clearly reciprocated by everyone that we're speaking to. And a huge majority of people across the board from stock exchanges to regulators uh, to law firms, you know, to asset managers, everyone is very interested in what blockchain technology can do for the financial sector. And people are definitely taking it, taking it seriously. And you kind of see that with um, a lot of the big consulting companies like PwC and Deloitte, and a lot of the big banks like JP Morgan and so on, um, getting very heavily involved in the blockchain space um, because they see the potential that it can have for their own institutions. So with respect to crypto itself, you know, as an asset class, I think it's a very interesting asset class and there are a lot of cool factors about it that would make it interesting for investors. And a large part of where the serious discussion comes with respect to crypto is just by the sheer demand that people have for crypto itself. So most institutions are interested in crypto just because of the demand they see in the retail sector. Whereas I'd say institutions in their own capacity are interested in blockchain tech just because of the potential it has to disrupt the industries that they're in. Back in 2017, at the last uh, bubble, there was only a handful of tokenized funds, maybe a dozen or so. But now, just a couple of years later, there's well over 200 and growing. I, I'd imagine. Um, sure. It, I mean, just explosion is going to continue even more. What's would you say the number one rule is of building your own business, or if someone else out there is listening that wants to build their own fund, what would you advise them? So the general. <laughs> Yeah, this is a difficult, <laughs> difficult question, but I'd say the a general rule I found to be true for myself, at least with respect to projects I've worked on and you know our business in general, is just to is just to always have clarity of mind with respect to what it is you're aiming to do or what your goal is. And it doesn't matter if you don't know exactly how to get there. If you can say definitively, you know, this isn't in line with what we're aiming to achieve, or this is in line with what we're aiming to achieve, I think that puts you out far ahead of many other people who who kind of just start implementing without having a clear goal in mind. And specifically with respect to people looking to launch uh, tokenized funds, I'd say we're probably the largest tokenized fund within the space. Um, most of our competitors that have blockchain-based funds uh, normally have assets under management of around $2 million, whereas we're at 40 and have been up to $160 million at our peak. And I think the thing that kind of sets us apart is, is our focus on community and the focus that we have on usability of our funds and direct engagement with the people who are interested in our products. So that would be a piece of advice, I think. And it's pretty applicable to all crypto businesses. Um, the biggest pain point at the moment that's preventing adoption, even though the tech solutions are generally substantially better than what currently exists, the biggest pain point is still user experience um, and getting people comfortable with the, with the products that you're making. 
Very nice. So I got I got a last couple of fun ones. We got about five minutes left here on the clock. Um, and before we let you go, I kind of want to know, like, what is one, uh, you know, finance maxim or something that is always held true for you that you could kind of uh, imbue to their listenership here? What's what's one thing that maybe we don't know about from your perspective of finance? Um, maybe something your dad used to tell you all growing up uh, that's always held true or something like that. That's pretty difficult. I mean, I think the, the, the perception I had of finance growing up is that it's this infallible you know, organization or this infallible process where everything is exactly as it should be and the system is kind of perfect, you know, or who are you to doubt what a bank is doing kind of thing. And what I've definitely realized, which is, which is very contrary to that opinion, is that most of the implementations of what people are doing in traditional finance stems back to what's been done since the 18, 1900s. Um, and if you were to rethink how to do that from the ground up, there is no way you would do it in the way that things are currently being done. Wow. And generally what's prevented that is just a huge barrier to entry, which I think blockchain and crypto you know, largely remove. So that's a super exciting point to, to kind of realize that what you had th- thought was previously this infallible thing that's kind of unchangeable and the way that it's done is the best way just isn't the case. And the deeper you dive into it and the more you learn about how even broad economics or monetary economics or how asset management or banking works, the more you realize it's kind of all made up and not for any particularly good reason. So if you take an engineering approach to that, then I think you can, you can rethink the entire thing, um, you know, and make things that are entirely new and, you know, never before seen. For for such a convoluted question, that was a very clairvoyant answer. So that was that was great. Um, Thank uh, you. The, the last question I have, man, is just who's somebody in the crypto space that you really look up to and that has inspired you? So I really like Andreas Antonopoulos, and I, nice. I hope I'm pronouncing his surname correctly. He's gotten um, the because, most. He's gotten the most shout outs out of anybody on the entire show. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I've great. read both of, his, both of his technical books, Mastering Bitcoin and Mastering Ethereum, um, and I think the the way that he kind of, he has a huge clarity of mind in presenting complex topics and breaking it down for people. Um, and I think that's really what's needed from people like him in the space. So I have a huge amount of respect for, you know, the way that he communicates and, and his whole ethos, I guess, in, in engaging with people. And I would highly recommend that you check him out for anyone who, who hasn't heard of Andreas. Awesome. Well, Crypt Nation, you've heard his name many times, Andreas Antonopoulos. Shout out to him. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about Invictus Capital. Yes, thank you. Yeah, crypto asset management and all sorts of fun stuff. If we want to uh, follow you on Twitter, what's the handle? So it's uh, IC underscore Invictus. Let me just check that quick. Yeah, IC underscore Invictus is our Twitter handle. Awesome. 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 And Crypt Nation, if you're not already following us on Twitter, that's at Crypto101Pod. Uh, we got a live show as well every day on younow.com slash Crypto101. Uh, that's about 1 p.m. Pacific. So tune into that. Um, and that does it for us today. Thank you for joining us, man. Thanks, guys. Great to, great to chat. We'll see you soon.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.